Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. Okay. Okay, this morning we're going to talk about our vision being expanded, a vision uh, expansion. And uh, I've got a breakthrough word for us. And it's funny because the testimonies really line up with the breakthrough word that God has given me. So we're going to have a breakthrough this morning. Does anybody want a breakthrough this morning? I do. I do. I, you know, I'm going to have one. I've just decided. I've declared. I'm determined. So, uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting because the last few weeks, months, I guess since the first year, we've talked a lot about the move of God and what he's doing. And I expected 2020 to start out a little different than it started out. I thought it was going to... I thought I was going to be more in sync with what God was doing. But honestly, I felt a little I felt a little out of sync, and I don't even know what it is. I mean, I have a plan. I know what God's saying for 2020. It's just like, you know how when you're running, you're like one step behind? I feel like every time I think I'm in the right place, I feel I'm one step behind or I'm, I'm sideways instead of straight or something like that. But I really have felt like this, what it is, it's this dynamic shift. It's so different from 2019. And sometimes it's just hard to get um, our heads around it. I mean, really, I just want to do nothing. <laughs> Does anybody just want to do nothing sometimes? <laughs> Last year was a busy, fast, uh, accelerated year. And this year, somehow, I just wake up in the morning thinking, I'm sure I need to go to Target. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive that there's a Target run in my day-to-day. Oh, maybe it's at 10 o'clock this morning. And it's been a almost a push to uh, get my work done. I know that sounds terrible, but it just is what it is. Plus, my daughter's pregnant, so she came over on Friday, and she hung out for a while. She's like, oh, and we were planning some stuff and planning the, now there's 5D baby viewing. So I don't even know what that is, but we're going to get to see the baby in 5D. Yeah, so I guess it's just like really seeing her, I guess. So, you know, she's standing, sitting there, and she's on the couch, and we're talking. We're playing all this stuff. And finally, I looked at my watch. It's 1230. I said, baby, you're going to have to go home. <laughs> I said, I've got to get some work done today. And uh, she's like, okay. But, you know, it's just like one of those months, or actually it's two months now, that have been, uh, um, I've been a little distracted. Can't quite get that sink going. And it's and um, anyhow, so, but I feel like I'm not the only one who have been in that place. Uh, I feel like as, as I've talked to people and, and traveled a little bit, I feel like there's other people that are in that place. So I want to spend a little bit of time on this, and God has just kind of given me a picture of some of the things going on, and that's what we're going to share today. But I'm going to open with Psalms 8110, and no, I didn't give you this to you. You don't have to turn to this, but I'm just going to spend a minute on it in the Passion Translation, and we're going to launch from there. But Psalms 8110 says, I am your only God, your living God. 
Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you out of bondage? Now remember, any stronghold over us comes from the enemy. And of course, it's God's plan to break it off of us. And then the rest of the scripture says, open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that I speak, the words that you speak, so shall it be. Now, uh, we've talked about this a little bit. This uh, decade is the decade of the mouth. It's the decade of declaration. It's the decade of releasing the word of God into the circumstance that's before us in order to shift it, to enhance it, to expand it, whatever it is that God wants us to do. And that's what that Psalms 8110 is talking about. As we declare the words, God is fulfilling what we're declaring. Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but what I want us to remember is we have the voice inside of us to be released outside to make change. We carry the ability to declare the change. That, that's, that's the gift that God has given us, the ability to declare the change. So um, that's kind of where I want us to really focus in on this morning because um, you know, there is a move of God that is happening right now that is affecting the whole world. Yeah. It is it's just like one of those sovereign times where it's, it's this domino, it's this cascading, it's this moving. And, and what everybody wants us to look at is what is not happening. But what we have to see as the people of God is we have to be able to declare this is what God is doing. Don't get distracted by the enemy's little swirls all around you, the obstacles in front of you. Keep your eyes on this giant move of God because it's happening all over the world. And we're seeing America being shifted in a, in a dynamic way. We're also seeing the enemy come in and it looks like the enemy is winning, but he is not winning. He is not winning. God is winning and he is winning through his people and that is us. So... When, you know, one of the things we're seeing is we're seeing that the voice for God is being released across our country. Yeah. And uh, uh, the kids were watching, you know, our teenagers are doing the moral revolution, which is teaching them God's intent for sex and intimacy, Amen. what God intended from the very beginning. Well, one of the videos they just watched, I think it was last week or the week before, it talked about... Um, Oh, my gosh, all of a sudden I lost his name. Um, I can see his face. He's a quarterback. Uh, used to be a quarterback. Okay, yes, that's exactly who. Well, I was thinking about the other quarterback. Uh, anyhow, but they, they watched a video that talked about, Tebow was talking about how him and his wife saved themselves. Right. And, and went through the process of why they did it. And the importance of saving yourself until your marriage night. Right. And, you know, even though that would, be not, that would not be the plumb line for our country, the fact is, is that the word of the Lord is being declared. Yeah. The seeds are being set within the hearts of people. Yeah. They're even stirring up questions of why. 
why would you save yourself? You know, you know, and there, the, it causes people to begin to seek. So we think that, or we, we are being pressed to think that morality isn't of interest of people. We're being pressed to think that um, our kids don't want to hear this, but that is actually not the truth. They are made to hear this deposit from God, and when people begin to speak it, it stirs up what they were made to hear. So it's, it, you know, we say, well, it won't make any difference if we say anything. If we don't say it, it won't make a difference. We may not see the immediacy of the uh, revelation or the manifestation or whatever it is, but the fact is it will shift, yeah. and we can see it already shifting. So I'm excited about what's going on. The other, um, you know, one of the other areas that are really being pushed is the government and who's running for political offices. And, you know, we've got so many people that we know within uh, uh, one of our pastor friends. He's actually our elder of our church. He's running for city commissioner. Uh, we've got Stephen Fuchs out of uh, Bethel that's running for Congress. And it's, you know, it, we do want them to win. There's no doubt about it. But, but it's what they're campaigning. And I just wanted to read uh, Stephen, uh, Sean, I'm sorry, Sean Fuchs. This is what he is running on. And I'm just going to read a little part of it. It's, he is running on family values, a protection for the unborn, um, uh, leaders with a vision. He said it's time to stand up and speak. And it's his generation, he's 36, I think, that are going to fight for America and fight for the solutions that God has for America. Yeah. Now, you know, we pray that he wins. But whether he wins or not, there is a cry going yeah. out of his voice for yeah. people to hear yeah. what God has for our country. And that's what's exciting is yeah. our voice is what can change the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. You know when you go in a place and, and uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, blah, kind of medium. And you go in and you've got all this energy and you're excited and you begin to speak that excitement and say hello to everybody, what happens? Is the atmosphere within that place shifts yeah. because you're releasing that joy and that energy. Yeah. Or if you've ever been around someone who, who you're all joyous and they're all down and you're just like, you know, don't pull me down. Let me pull you up, right? It, that's what we do. We have the ability to do that. Okay, you guys got that, right? Our voice is going to change what is happening. It already is changing what's happening. And really, this is just a tiny taste of what is to come. We're barely scratching the surface of what God is doing. And I am super excited about it, as you can tell. So we're about to enter into the month of Adar. Uh, and that is the Hebraic month. And I'm not going to do a whole teaching on it, but there's a couple important elements I want to just kind of touch on as we go forward. And um, I don't know, are you guys familiar with the Hebraic months? No? Maybe I'll do a teaching on it next time. I, I'm not going to spend it on today. But the Hebraic months, uh, they, they, there's an anointing for the months. Like when, in our calendar, when we look at the months, we look at, well, it's about to be spring, and then we're going to have Easter, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We don't necessarily, our calendar isn't developed around a spiritual direction. 
the Hebraic calendar is developed around the spiritual move of God in this season. So this is the season of Adar, A-D-A-R. And it's every, every Hebraic month has a tribe that's associated with it, the 12 tribes. It has a stone that's associated to, with it. Uh, it has a letter that's associated with it. It has a blessing that's associated with it in this month. It has um, also a warning that's associated with it. And so we're going to look, look a little bit about what this month we're entering into. The month of Adar in the Hebraic calendar actually starts February 25th at sunset. Uh, their days run from sunset to the next sunset, you know, where ours are in the morning to morning. Um, so it begins February 25th, and of course, this is going to move us, you know, prepare us for the Easter season, Passover, all of that type of thing. And that's what they look at, is what is the blessing for this month? You know, what is the, what is the movement of God for this month? Just like um, in Israel, there's two harvest seasons. There's a spring harvest and a fall harvest. And, and those carry spiritual anointings with them when they have those harvests. Does that make sense? So um, Adar is the month for us to have, uh, to prepare our strategy against uh, what the enemy has planned against us. So it's our war strategy time. This is how we prepare for what is happening. And one of the things that, that is happening in this season that God is helping us to prepare for and to come against and be victors over uh, by the declaration of our mouth, right, is um, it's a season that causes doubt and unbelief. The enemy is trying to get us to doubt and, and not believe what God has promised us. You know, it's a season of uh, destroying enthusiasm, uh, creating apathy and indifference. So it's, it's a season that's trying to, in the big picture, shift our eyes off of what God is doing and shift our eyes on to the distractions that are happening in front of us. And um, so uh, I want to read this one scripture before we... We're going to go to Esther 2. That's where we're going to start. But 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do a declaration at the end where we're going to take hold of some of these things and, and declare the breaking off of them at the very end of the service. Um, and the rest of the scripture says, and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. So let's start in the book of Esther. And we, we're all familiar, pretty familiar with the book of Esther. You know, has it, did everybody see the movie, uh, One Night with the King? That was such a good movie. I think we should rerun it. I'm not sure it was all perfectly accurate, but it was such a good movie. So we know the book of Esther begins with Esther, um, and her uncle Mordecai, she is an orphan. He has taken her in. And ki the king, who, has, who is not, he's a pagan king, has decided he needs a new queen. So he has gathered all the beautiful young virgins, gathered them all up. And Esther has hidden who she is. She in Esther um, 2.10, it says that, 
Esther did not reveal the Jewish background of her people or her family for Mordecai had instructed her not to do so. You know, sometimes God hides who we are in order to get us into a position so he can use us in the perfect timing. You know, have you ever gone into a place or started a job where they don't really realize the amazingness of you? You know, they hired you. They think you've got some good skill. You probably fit well. But when they really get to know you, there's all of a sudden this revelation of how amazing. And you're just like, that is the most incredible employee I've ever hired. I would have never known the, and we wouldn't call it the anointing. We would say the skill that they have. But, you know, God uses those things to be able to shift the environment of where he's put us. And she had extravagant favor released over her. So she was able to do things within the realm of being a queen because she had such favor. And that is part of the season that we are in. We carry such enormous favor. We don't even recognize the favor we're carrying. What we recognize is that people begin to do things for us that you're thinking, why are they doing that? You know, why would they give me that opportunity? Why would they bless me with this? Because the favor of God is just exuding from us. And they see us in a way that they don't see everybody else. And God has given her this extravagant favor. So remember in this season, we carry extravagant favor, whether we know it or not. It is good. You know, wouldn't it be so cool? I don't know, did anybody, any of you see the movie The Shack? Okay, so there was this one scene where Mac is on the other side of the valley and uh, you know, he sees all these uh, colors of, and they're people that are on the other side. And it's, you know, they radiate in the colors of who they are and all that. Wouldn't it be amazing if God just opened up our eyes so we could see that beautiful favor and anointing and the oil of, uh, on each other? I, w- I would just love that. I remember when I saw that movie, I remember thinking, oh, God, open my eyes so I can see that. Because they opened his eyes just for a moment so he could see that. Okay, that was definitely a, a rabbit trail there. But I just thought it was so cool. I was thinking about what, would it, what does it look like in color, the favor that each one of us is carrying. And it may even be different colors for, for different types of favor. I don't know. I just thought about how beautiful that was. So, so Esther has this extravagant favor. Basically, whatever she does is, is just blessed by this pagan household she lives in. So she carries this extravagant favor. And then let's go to uh, verse 21 in chapter 2. It says, In those days, while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthan and Teresh, the two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the door, became angry and, expi- and conspired to keep... Oh, I- Let me slow down. I've gotten excited here. Angry and conspired to attack King Hazarus. So they're going to kill him. Uh, It says, but the plot became known to Mordecai, who informed Queen Esther, and Esther told the king in Mordecai's name. Now, when the plot was investigated and found to be true, both men were hanged on the gallows. 
and it was recorded in the book of Chronicles in the king's presence. Mordecai's good deed was written down, but he got no accurate, he got nothing. You know, here he's saving the king, and he got nothing in that moment that he did it. But God has written it down to be resurrected later. And think about, you know, he did it out of who he was and what his calling was. You know, he, is, he too is serving a pagan king, right? And he could have said, well, good, let him kill that king. You know, let them just go ahead and do what they want to do. But he knew he was protecting Esther while she was in the household of the king. And he also knew that he had been, set, he had been put there in a position where he could hear the comings and goings so he could intercede, so he could do what was right unto the Lord to fulfill what he was called to do. So he was recorded. He was loyal to a king that was not his king. And it was his assignment, really, to be the ears and the eyes for the Jewish people. That was his assignment. So let's move over to Esther 3, and let's go in verse 7. And as, we do, you know, as we're talking about this, I just make a note of these different things, because these are the things that we can put in our arsenal, in our toolbox, for the season that we're in right now. Uh, verse, uh, verse 7 in chapter, I mean, verse 3 in chapter 7. In the first month, the month of Nisan, which is March and April, which will be the month after Adar, once we get through with this, in the 12th year um, of King Azarus, Haman cast per, that is the lot cast before him after um, day after day to find a lucky day to approach the king month after month until the 12th month. So for one year, he cast these lots. And his whole purpose was to see when was the right time to approach the king so he could have all the Jewish people annihilated. So for one year, he kept doing it till he felt like this is it. This is, this is the thing that has the, the breath on it. Verse 9, it says, If it pleases the king, let it be decreed that, um, that they be destroyed, the Jews. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry out the king's business to put into the king's treasury. Well, that he had planned to, I was doing some research on this. He was planning to use the wealth of the Jews as part of his payment to the king. Verse 10 said, then the king removed his signet ring from his hand. That is the special ring, which was used to seal his letters and gave it to Haman, the son of, uh, I don't know that name, the Agai, the enemy of the Jews. Well, let me just tell you something. Haman was a descendant of the Amicalites, a descendant of King Agai, who was supposed to be destroyed. All the Amicalites were supposed to be destroyed at the time of King Saul. And King Saul was disobedient. So they weren't destroyed till, uh, I've got it, it's like 5 BC. It's somewhere in Chronicles that talks about when they were destroyed. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago that 
delayed obedience cost us all. So delayed obedience by King Saul is still costing the Jewish people in the time of Esther. They are still paying for that disobedience. Because if Saul would have done what God had commanded, then a descendant of the Amicalites would not be rising up to have them all destroyed. We understand that the enemy is always looking for a way to destroy us. That is his job, to destroy each one of God's people. He tries picking us off individually. He tries to do corporate annihilation. He does whatever he can to make sure that uh, we do not survive his attacks. I mean, just think about that. But God, right? God is not going to let the enemy destroy us. So Mordecai, you know, hears that Haman is going to do that. And this is kind of the famous part of Esther that everybody remembers. He sends a note to Esther, and, and Esther realizes that her vision is about to expand. Her calling for being queen is about to be uh, enacted to its fullness. Her calling is to save the Jewish people. And she thought she was just there to be queen. But God's like, I've got her in position. He's got you in the position you're supposed to be in because he's going to resurrect something in you that he's planted so that you can respond and be the answer that he needs in this moment for his kingdom to advance. And that's for all of us. We're, we all carry an Esther and a Mordecai within us where we respond to what God's calling us to do. We're in position, even though we may not fully understand the position we're in, but we are in this position because God's got something planned for us that will advance his kingdom. And that's what I feel like part of 2020 is. We are being aligned. And it's like uh, we've shaken up the bottle of Sprite and we've popped the lid off the bottle and it starts spilling everywhere. You know, we were just fine with our little bubblies and happies and just going along. Then all of a sudden, God's just shaking us up. He's pulling the lid off and we're supposed to, we're supposed to explode everywhere to do what, and cover the things that God wants us to cover. Oh, I think we, have, we can't even put our finger on what God's about to do in our lives. I really do. I'm just like, whew, I'm a little shaky this morning. I'm like, so this is what's going on. Who knew? Who knew? So, of course, uh, Esther is telling Mordecai, yeah, I don't think I can do that. You know they'll kill me, right? <laughs> Mordecai's like, that's okay. You'll get over it. He says, yeah, of course, he says to her, for if you remain silent, this is uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 14, it says, for if you remain silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place. So he's saying, God's not going to let this happen to us. So if not you, it will come from somewhere else. And you and your father's house will perish since you did not help when you had the chance. And who knows whether you have obtained royalty for such a time as this. 
and for this very purpose. Yeah, and that really is that, it's, it's really, even though he's asking a question, uh, it's a question that's not requiring a response. It's a question that's causing us to search our hearts. Who knows if you're not in this position to step in a place that is terribly uncomfortable for you that will uh, at least, we may not be in an extra position that will physically kill us, but it will definitely kill every um, piece of pride, every piece of uh, wanting to be accepted, every piece of uh, um, hoping they like us because when we step out in God's, it doesn't matter. You know, it's funny, uh, I shared a little bit of this the other night, but um, earlier in the week, I had this onslaught come against me. And honestly, someone was talking about me. And it's funny. Isn't it funny when people talk about you, they call your friends and talk about you? And so then they call you and say, do you know this is what's going on? I'm like, no. And I didn't actually care what they were saying because I was like, eh, I don't care. Because I, I know where I am. Um, but what I realized, the goal of their conversation about me was trying to divide me and another regional leader. Once I realized what was actually going on, I sent out a, a note to my intercessors and I said, this is going on. I, I talked to that regional leader. And he was like, oh my gosh, because what they said was um, that this regional leader had said all these things about me. And I thought, I know them. So that's the reason I didn't care. I was like, whatever. But then when I got multiple calls from people saying that this is what was being said, I said, wait a minute. There's a bigger plot here. It's not about what they're saying about me because I don't really care. Uh, but what it was is we, we have, you know, we have a group of people within our region, pastors, ministers, different kind of things that we're close to. I mean, we do a lot of things together. We support each other. And if, and if the enemy can break off one person out of our ring of uh, friendship and, and just alliance together... Then he'll start picking one at a time, one at a time. So when I um, got a hold of the other leader and we messaged back and forth and everything, uh, we agreed. He was like, that's not even true. I never said that. I said, I didn't think you did. But then I realized that the enemy's trying to divide us. So our focus is, is to protect our relationship and to protect our region. So when, when you see things coming at you personally, Ask God, is there something bigger trying to occur? Because many times you're like, yeah, I don't really care. You know, it just doesn't mean that much to me. It didn't, what they were saying wasn't anything personal. It wasn't like, but, um, but what they were saying I knew wasn't true. And I was like, God, what is going on here? Once I realized it, I was like, okay, this is a, this is a, a bigger enemy plan. And this happens to Mordecai. Right? Haman has this whole plan to hang Mordecai. Right. Right. You know, he's built 75-foot gallows. I mean, my goodness. 75-foot. How do you even get someone up there? That was my question. You know, big steps, big steps. But, you know, so this is what happened to Mordecai. This comes, this attack against him because he's the instrument that God's going to use to finish the job of not letting the Jews be annihilated. But what happens? The king can't sleep. 
So they began to read the book of remembrance. And all of a sudden, what Mordecai did is brought to the king's attention. And the king says, what did I do for him? I didn't even acknowledge him. Which many people, they could be holding that grudge because they never got acknowledged for what they did. But what we know is God's going to resurrect that acknowledgement when it's needed so we can be uh, promoted in our position because of what we've done in secret. And so the king makes Haman parade Mordecai all around the town declaring how awesome he is. And you know it was just burning inside of him. (laughs) You know he was just eating inside. And it's funny because his wife says, when he goes home and tells his wife, his wife says to him basically, it's over. What has happened has sealed your fate. Now, as a wife, you think she would have said, oh, honey, I'm really sorry. She's like, oh, no, it's over. (laughs) What's going to happen to you next? Everything's done. So you see how God, you know, looking back, we read read stories of people uh, in biblical times, and we look back and think, oh, wow. But we forget in the midst of it, they didn't know what was going to happen. They're just falling obedience by obedience by obedience. When people go back and hear the story of what you've done, they'll be like, wow, they were the most awesome, faithful, obedient person. But they don't know at night you sat up all night thinking, oh, God, I don't think I can do this. Oh, God, please don't make me do this. Oh, God, I, I, I think my answer is no, you know. And then you wake up in the morning and go, one foot at a time. That's all I can do. So when we look back, I mean, you know, here's Queen Esther saying, yeah, I don't think I can do that. I might get killed, so I'm going to pass. But, you know, as she prayed, as they fasted, you know, that shifted inside her heart. So we get to see the whole story when we, when we read through the Bible. But all of us, we're right in the middle of our stories. And what seems daunting and overwhelming and, and that the enemy's got his hands in, God has already planted the seeds and positioned us to stand up and declare victory over what the enemy is trying to do to destroy us, to destroy our family, to destroy our children, to destroy our future. And God's like, no, not on my watch. You will not be destroyed. You will not be destroyed. Let's see. Oh, the other one, other little thing I want us to uh, think about in this season, too, is there is a spiritual identity within us that I believe, just like Esther, her spiritual identity was revealed that she was a Jew. She had to go to the king and say, I am a Jew. And what's funny, she said, you know, if we were just going to be sold as slaves, I wouldn't bother you. But the fact that we are all going to be killed, I have to say something. And her identity was what brought her breakthrough. And we all carry the identity of Christ that carries the breakthrough for us. And there will be times when we're in a situation, whether it's in our work, whether it's in our kids' school, whatever it is, that they may not recognize us as Christians. And it's not because we don't act like Christians. It's just that we, they, we haven't had the opportunity to display who we are in Christ 
in front of them. But when that time comes, that declaration of our spiritual identity will be the breakthrough for what we need in that season. So we don't have to be afraid of whether we're, what would you call it, whether we're covert at the time or whether we're overt at the time. Mordecai was overt. Everybody knew he was a Jew. Esther was covert. No one knew. It doesn't matter what season God has us in, wherever we're in the position of influence. What matters is when the time comes to like strike that bell and declare what God is declaring. That's when we'll have that spiritual breakthrough, that authority to be able to break through for whatever the situation is. And really, this breakthrough through Esther was not only for the benefit of the Jews, but it was the benefit of the king and his country. Because when the Jews were able to fight back and not be annihilated, be able to be victors over this, the king inherited the wisdom of God to help him run the kingdom. Mordecai became, got the signet ring. So he was able to make decrees and make decisions for the providence, for the country, on behalf of the king. And of course, what did he make? He made godly wisdom. He made, he made uh, decisions that would enhance and, and display who God is, who would bring prosperity to their region. Just like Daniel. You know, Daniel was promoted uh, to the third... It, to the third in charge of all of the kingdom. And every decision they made. Joseph, same thing. Every decision, they brought the prosperity of God into that providence. So God not only did this for, you know, of course, he, he saving his people. But the king recognized that breakthrough and gave that promotion to Mordecai, which brought the favor of God on the kingdom. So just think about it. When we bring that breakthrough, we bring the favor of God into the situation that we're in. Especially in, in school, in our workplace, we bring the favor of God into it. So God, this is a season where, where we, are, we are like breaking open the favor of God into the play areas that we live, into the places. Even that uh, testimony that Rita gave earlier, you know, she was supposed to get no commission because everything she worked for was taken away. God's like, oh no, it does not work like that. Yeah, you've worked hard and a, and a, and a worker is worth his wages and, and I, I can shift the heart and the head and the thoughts of the person who's tried to take away what was rightfully yours. I mean, that's what God does for us. And where Mordecai and Esther both faced death, God's like, that's not the plans I have for you. The plans I have for you is revelation of who you are, promotion into the place where I have positions you and blessings over everything that you touch because we are the people of God God is so good to us Amen. we're in a fat season 
Nobody likes to say they're in a fat season, but we are in a fat season where, where we're supposed to celebrate and, and, and declare and know that, that God is on our side and he's moving and there are things shifting and, and it's going to be good. So I want us to pray. I want us to declare today. Uh, we're going to declare our war strategy. And I'm going to ask you guys to stand. And I'm going to say it. And you're going to repeat after me because we know that when we declare a thing, it's established for us. That's what the word of God says. Yeah. And that, that God says that if we open our mouth, he will fill it. If we declare his words, he will do it because the word of God does not uh, return void. Amen. Amen. So um, this is exciting. I'm excited for our breakthrough. Okay, so here's our declaration today. This is our strategy of war. And I'll say it, then you can say it after me. It says, I declare all plans of the enemy, enemy against me are revealed. So God's going to reveal to you anything the enemy has planned against you, just like he did with Mordecai and Esther. I declare all doubt, declare all doubt and unbelief has to, leave. has to leave. I declare the Lord's plans for me are sure. I declare all wisdom and knowledge has been given to me. I declare I am innocent and the enemy is defeated. Amen. So, Father, we just declare, we align with your word that the plans you have for us are good and that you're going to prosper us and you're going to position us, whether we're hidden or whether we're out in the open, to rise up and declare your victory into the situation. And through that, we will see promotions. We will see extravagant favor. And we will be able to bring your blessings and prosperity into the situation you've put us in. And God, we just thank you for opportunity. We thank you that even in the nervousness of your call, the yes is in our heart. And as we step, that you will cover every step we make. And we are yours, Jesus. And we thank you for your protection and for your wisdom and for your glory that just reigns on us, Lord. And we look forward to the next step of this new season and how we have a strategy and we will not be defeated. We will not be held back. We will not be fearful because you are with us. And we bless you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.